The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on a Sunday morning here in Revio Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you very much. Well, last week we addressed several questions about the best way to move to France from a financial point of view. Those questions and the resulting answers highlighted the fact there are quite a lot of confusion about tax residency. However, before we get on to the fog of tax residency, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, this this week seems to have been uh, dominated by finance and economic news. The, uh, The Governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, described inflation this week as more sticky than predicted, and he blamed that on the strength of Britain's labour market. But he still expects inflation to fall over the remainder of the year. During the Chancellor's annual Mansion House speech in the City of London, Jeremy Hunt acknowledged the difficult uh, challenges that the UK economy had faced, but he said it had shown itself to be more resilient than many had predicted. But that resilience is one of the reasons for higher inflation. Hunt confirmed the government's commitment to tackling persistent inflation and bringing it back to the 2% target, which I have to say looks like a very big challenge after the independent bodies this week recommended teachers should receive a 6.5% pay rise, police officers, prison officers and junior doctors should get at least 6% and armed forces personnel will then also get between 5 and 6%. During these broadcasts, we frequently refer to the UK defined contribution pensions. They have uh, developed a strange aversion, if I can describe it as that, to UK small cap shares. 30 years ago, a third of UK shares were held by UK pension funds. Now it's less than 3%. So Jeremy Hunt used his Mansion House speech to announce what he called his Mansion House Compact, which is an agreement between him and the operators of large pension funds to allocate more of their capital to unlisted UK companies. By 2030, we were told that they have agreed to invest 5% of their funds in UK small cap equities and, uh, and startup businesses. So anyone who has a UK pension fund could find themselves invested in the next Microsoft or Google, or alternatively, losing 5% of their pension fund because they've lost a startup firm. What Hunt also announced is, is something similar to what Gordon Brown did a quarter of a century ago when he obliged pension funds to allocate more of their capital to fixed interest investments. Now, that wasn't really about uh, the interest of pensioners. It was, uh, it was Brown wanting um, someone to soak up the government bonds that he needed to issue to finance his expansion of the public sector. Then as now, pension fund holders were corralled for ulterior political motives there's a growing sense of uh, a desire across the UK population to escape from the political mess that we see in the UK. I think following this announcement, a lot more of those people will be making sure when they leave, they don't leave their pensions behind. In other news this week, fresh figures um, caused alarm about the in- in exceptional increase in the amount of tiger mosquitoes and the diseases they carry, such as dengue and Zika. It used to be You'd be exposed to these if you travelled to tropical, what we would describe maybe as at-risk countries. But in the past few years, more native cases have been reported here in France. These are people who have been infected on French soil. And 80% of these cases happened right here in the PACA region. As the name suggests, 
These uh, mosquitoes can be identified by their distinctive black and white stripe markings. They are less than a quarter, sorry, half a centimeter in length. But unlike normal mosquitoes, they are silent and do not make that familiar buzzing sound. So you don't get any warning, they're on the way. Rob, how important is it to be clear on where you are a tax resident? And do many people get it wrong? Well, if we don't want to get it wrong and pay more tax, then we need to. Understanding the tax residency rules has always been important. Back in those carefree days when British nationals can jump on a plane or hop in their cars, travel across the channel to Europe without any concern about how much time we could spend in the Schengen zone, it was actually much easier to get your tax residency wrong. These days, unless we make ourselves legally resident in France, we simply can't come and go as we please. If we want to spend more than 90 days here, we need to formalise our residency arrangements, which, as you said in your introduction, Howard, if the UK press are to be believed, that means we will be assaulted by the French tax system. But more about that later. If we're legally resident in France, and therefore in position of a teacher de séjour, one of the requirements to validate our residency is we need to spend six months actually here in France. Unfortunately, if we spend six months in France, we also have to make a French tax declaration. The other potential banana skin is, is actually spending too much time back in the old country. Since the end of the pandemic and the lifting of travel restrictions, I've spoken to so many Brits who, after being starved of the ability to travel freely and being forcibly separated from their families who live in the UK, they have made extended return visits and failing to meet their French residence requirements, but of much more concern, they have now qualified again as UK tax residents. Can we look at the UK residence test? Do UK nationals need to be aware of it after they leave the UK? Um, that was why back in April 2013, the UK introduced the statutory residence test. Lots of British nationals who had officially told HMRC that they had left the UK were stretching the residency guidelines when they visited the UK so they could spend as much time as possible in the UK while at the same time claiming not to be UK tax residents. Before 2013, the day you arrived in the UK and the day that you left didn't count when assessing tax residency. So in theory, you could arrive maybe in your private plane after midnight on Thursday, so technically you arrived on Friday. Then you left before midnight on Sunday, so Friday and Sunday didn't count and you had accumulated just one qualifying day um, and having been there for, for the best part of three full complete days. Prior to 2013, there were only guidelines. Following several high-profile legal cases, HMRC published the UK Statutory Residence Test, which now details what legally determines residents and non-residents. And if you leave, but then spend too much time in the UK, you'll be deemed not to have left, or for those who've been gone a while, potentially to have returned. We've recently, we've recently had to advise more and more people about residency, given the, the appetite lots of people have had for having extended visits back to the UK. It's an issue we really need to understand if we're planning an extended visit back to the UK. Many of the listeners enjoy advantageous tax arrangements because we're French residents and those arrangements can be easily jeopardised if we spend too much time in the UK. I recently spoke to a couple whose highest marginal income tax rate because they are French residents is 20%. If they were deemed to be UK residents, their income would incur a 40% income tax liability. There was another couple who have established an estate planning strategy which mitigates every euro of succession tax. An extended stay for them 
but expose their estate to a substantial 40% UK inheritance tax. If we've left the UK, we need to make sure we stay left, or if not, make sure we've planned for the repercussions of once again becoming UK resident. Can you explain how the UK statutory residency test works? Yeah, as I said, the, the statutory residence test was introduced in the Finance Act of 2013 to provide clarity. We now have a very diff definitive process which we can follow to work out if we are or if we are not UK residents. Previously, HMRC guidance notes were just that, guidance notes. Excuse the acronym, but the SRT was designed to walk us through step by step our UK residency status for any given tax year. Every tax year is considered separately, so we may be resident in the UK in one year, but not the next, or vice versa. The SRT considers the amount of time we spend, and if relevant, worked in the UK, and the connections we have there. The SRT is then divided into intersections, which considers what are known as the Automatic Overseas Residence Test, Automatic UK Test, and then what's known as the Sufficient Ties Test. There are other assessments for people who have died or those who claim split-year tax treatment. But in the main, if we qualify under the Automatic Overseas Test, then we're definitely not UK resident. If we qualify under the Automatic UK Test, we're UK resident. Those two tests are quite clear-cut. The ambiguity comes when we don't qualify as either or fall into the grey area between the two. If this applies to us, the sufficient ties test is then applied and our situation is assessed against five sufficient ties if we are leaving the UK and four if we are a potential arriver. Anyone who wants to understand their personal situation can either request a floor chat via our website or probably better um, would be to contact us and speak to one of our partners who have all been specifically trained to deal with understanding residency issues. What's the criteria that makes you residents for tax purposes in France? Well, before Brexit, this was much more of a grey area. Um, if we arrived in France with the intention of living here permanently, we became a tax resident the day after we arrived. There was a, there was a common uh, mis misunderstanding that we could arrive, but until we'd been here for more than 183 days, we were not resident. The FISC certainly didn't apply that rule when somebody arrived with a permanent intention. As we all now know, because of Brexit, if we want to live in France, we have to apply for a visa. Then to validate that visa, we must live in France for 183 days. And if we live in France for 183 days, we're French tax residents. So the residency situation and the rules on both sides of the channel are now very prescriptive and, and probably very clear. The tax rules, and maybe more importantly, the tax system here in France, is completely different to the UK. So you need to plan for your financial life in France before your physical life begins here. What happens if you arrive or leave partway through the year? Uh, the French system is, is actually quite generous in this respect because it operates on what's known as a partial year basis. If we arrive today, France will assess our tax position from the 17th of July until the 31st of December. Any income or gains realised before that date are exempt from French tax. Likewise, if we leave today, we're liable to French taxes for the period from the 1st of January until the 15th of July. Income and gains realised after today will be exempt from French tax. However, a word of warning, while the French tax authorities are not interested in financial transactions which happen before we arrive or after we leave, the UK taxman is. The UK tax year runs from April to April and if we arrive in France today and we make a financial transaction next week, 
because it will be done in, a, in the tax year when we were actually also UK tax residents. Even though we've arrived in France, the UK will look to apply UK tax. Obtaining split year tax treatment from HRRC is very, very difficult. What happens if you meet the criteria for both France and the UK? Well, we, we can qualify as residents in both France and the UK simultaneously. If we qualify for both, at that point the UK-France double tax treaty kicks in and we will be deemed to be specifically resident in France or in the UK. The double tax treaty contains tax breaker rules which come into operation if we qualify under both countries' residency rules. The purpose of the tiebreaker is to determine in which country we will be regarded as residents for the purposes of tax covered by the agreement because it can't be both. How strict are the French authorities when it comes to tax residency? Howard, I've been advising clients in various tax jurisdictions for over 40 years and in my opinion the French tax authorities are just as strict as any other tax authority I've encountered. Um, that said, I would also say that the Fisc are also very fair and their rules are clear and definitive. So unless we have a really very complicated situation or complicated issues, we, we will know just where we stand. Is being a French tax resident as expenses as the British press frequently tell us? <laughs> yeah, good question, Howard. Yeah, I mean, uh, Levin's Franks has, has provided cross-border tax advice for nearly 50 years. And as I said a few minutes ago, I've been advising clients um, for over 40 years. And during that time, I've come into contact with clients with tax affairs all over the world. And honestly, being a French tax resident is no worse than anywhere else. It goes without saying, wherever you live, you need a specific financial plan. And France is no different. Unfortunately, there isn't a worldwide one-fits-all solution for financial planning, which is why Blevins Franks believes passionately in strategic financial planning. Strategic financial planning is the process of looking at someone's overall affairs from an entirely holistic perspective. To be able to, to be your trusted advisor, we need to understand how one aspect of your life impacts another, and it's crucial to your financial and mental well-being. One aspect of your finances can't be considered in isolation. Just like your bones and tendons, your financial skeleton is all connected. We then need to blend those hard facts with your individual needs, aspirations and challenges. Blevins Frank's strategic financial planning service begins with a complimentary meeting. We meet prospective clients on a no-fee basis to start to understand that person, couple or family, uh, what, what they're all about and agree if we are actually going to be able to help. If we can, we'll outline what we believe we can do for you, and that's where the relationship begins. So if you live in France, or you're thinking of living in France, we guarantee you'll benefit from having a conversation about your strategic financial planning with a Blevins Franks partner. So to arrange a face-to-face -face meeting, or a telephone call or video call with one of our local partners, call our main French office, and the telephone number is 0493-001780. That's 0493 001780. And if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, call our Monaco office. And the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And finally, if you'd like to know more about Blevins Franks or you prefer to contact us via the internet, visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday. 
the Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. The UK pensions lifetime allowance and tax charges have been abolished. Welcome news for those with larger pension savings. A future government could, however, reverse this move, resulting in limited opportunity to take steps to protect yourself. Blevins Franks provides wealth management solutions for British expatriates in France and can help you explore pension opportunities. Call 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com. That's blevinsfranks.com.